Welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to the Daily Grind. Today's podcast is brought to you by BookNotes. Listen, are you looking to better yourself in 2020? I'm sure you are, and so am I. Listen, BookNotes allows you to learn more and learn faster from best-selling nonfiction books you can read or listen to in less than 15 minutes. BookNotes always has the best books out there from either top sellers to new and trending. Regardless of what it is, they have it covered and all the information, all the content is highly curated to ensure useful learning and avoid wasting time. There are so many benefits to reading a book, but like you, I don't always have the time and the hours in the day to sit down and read, but I have found that the more I consume and learn, the better decisions I am able to make. Using BookNotes ensures I not only read, but I'm able to take the key concepts and lessons from each book I am either reading or listening to. For me, my personal favorite is listening to these as I'm either walking the dog or I'm cooking dinner. And because they're just short 15-minute summaries, I feel like I'm learning at such a rapid rate, which is something I'm always looking to do more of. I believe that the biggest problem we have is a lack of information and a lack of knowledge, and this solves this for you. New books are added every week, which means the content is always up to date and new. And the best part about this is how affordable this really is. The cost to consume 100 books is crazy, but with book notes, it is so cheap. I am so pumped with this. You guys have to try this out. It's amazing. It's super inexpensive. I have seen nothing like it. Listen to download the book notes app. To download the book notes app, all you have to do is go to the show notes section at dailygrandpodcast.com or visit booknotes.page.link forward slash daily grind. I would highly suggest you guys go to the show notes section of this podcast, which you can find at Daily Grind Podcast. Click that link. Download the app today. You guys are not going to regret it. You guys can start getting some amazing summaries from this amazing company. Again, everyone, go to the show notes section or visit booknotes.page.link 
forward slash daily grind. Now, please welcome to the Daily Grind podcast, Mr. Curic Ashley. Curic, welcome. How are you today? I am fantastic and very honored to be on the podcast with you, Colin. Absolutely. Super excited you're here. Curic is an internationally renowned speaker, author, and coach in the fields of self-development and spiritual growth and is recognized as a premier expert in personal and professional development, self-discovery, and peak performance. His number one best-selling book, How Would Love Respond?, has transformed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. For over 30 years, Fortune 500 companies and major corporations around the world, such as Apple, Seagate, Schwarzkopf, Weston Hotels, the Australian Royal Air Force, and Carlton United Brewery, hire Curic to teach them tactical success strategies that have produced awe-inspiring results. His list of private clients include Hollywood film and TV stars, movie directors, producers and cinematographers, a quintuple platinum rock band, hit music composers, top business leaders, oil executives in Kuwait, Olympic gold medalists, professional athletes, and sports teams. The list just goes on and on. He is the creator and founder of the Life Success Club that brings together a community of like-minded, positive, success-driven people from all over the world. Tony Robbins has even said, Curic, you truly are the embodiment of the word outstanding. Curic, again, this is absolutely amazing that you're here with us today. If you could share with us a little bit more about who you are, and maybe for those who are unfamiliar with you, uh, talk to us about what you do. Sure. Uh, well, Colin, first, I'm talking to you from Australia, where I live. Love it. Yet if people listening, they'll go, that's not even close to an Australian accent. <laughs> um, and by the way, people here in Australia say the same thing to me. Is I've been here for 20 years, but I was born and raised in Chicago. And then uh, when I was 18 years old, I moved to Los Angeles okay. and because I was an actor since I was 12 years old and, and then got in the movie industry and had worked on, I've worked in over 38 movies and wow. also uh, did over 500 movies behind the camera as a key and Dolly grip and, and different departments on the crew. So, uh, but I've left that behind. And, um, you know, even back then though, since I guess high school, I've been coaching and teaching people about how do you follow your dreams and how do you achieve those things and you know what brought me to Australia was a company that asked me to save their business which I did but they they actually never paid me and left me stranded here and so now I was actually homeless in two countries at the same time because <laughs> I couldn't even actually fly back to the states to be homeless wow. um, so I decided to just kind of kick in the gear and uh, do what I do and teach, you know, really what I teach other people to do. And um, at that point, I was doing some free seminars to make some money uh, from a paid seminar that I was selling people into. And at one of those free seminars, um, I happened to ask the audience, who here remembers the person who stands on the third box at the Olympics? I mean, ever, anybody ever rush out to buy your book thinking, how'd you get third? Yeah. Anyways, uh, workshop's over, and woman stands up. She goes, I was on the third box at the Olympics. <laughs> I said, no oh, wow, yeah, here we go. And she said, you know, I'm Natalie Cook. I won bronze medal for uh, beach volleyball at the Atlanta Olympics. She said, you know, I know you have the skills and tools I need to get what we want. Will you take me to Sydney to win the gold medals? And so for the next two and a half years, I worked with the girls. And on September 25th, 2000, we beat the best team in the world at that time known as the Brazilians and walked home with the gold medals. And wow. so I've been here ever since. 
Wow, what an amazing story. And, you know, I'm interested to know during your, you know, say acting career, were you involved also in, in businesses or is this something that you picked up sort of after that was over? Well, that's a great question, Colin, because, you know, I've, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Um, so I, and I'll tell you a great story about that, but, you know, I've tried all kinds of different businesses, including when I was a, uh, you know, real young kid, I used to, from the back of comic books, I, I got into the American seed company, which is, you know, you, you know, you order the, and they send you a box of uh, flour and vegetable seeds and you go knock on doors and you sell these packets of seeds for 25 cents and then you can get all kinds of either prizes or you can make some money and whatever. And I used to do it every year for, I don't know, probably four or five years and would always sell out and get these little nifty gadgets, like a movie projector or something like that. So I've always had that spirit, but I've never really had anybody in my family. My dad, you know, he was in construction. He was a, you know, a project manager, but never really owned a company. So I didn't have any mentors like that. Yet my, my desire was, is that I was going to be somebody who would be the owner or be the entrepreneur and not really be an employee because that concept just never worked for me that you work for 30 years in the same cubicle um, staring at the walls. I, I would have hung myself. Yeah. And so, but I've had so many businesses that have failed, including one that was called uh, Fan Hands, which was this, you know, um, <laughs> it was this product that I created that. I thought you could uh, work out anywhere, okay. and uh, I, I don't have to go into the details of it. But at, you know, I had Home Shopping Network on board, and you wow. know, people who do Tony Robbins infomercial and all this stuff, and they were all excited about it. And then I finally made a prototype and found out that it didn't actually work at all. Oh, no um, I, it kind of was backwards on that, but my enthusiasm and my passion is what got so many people interested in it that they didn't even ask me if it worked or not. Yeah. Interesting. And sort of going back a little bit, you had mentioned about working with that uh, Olympian and and you worked with the whole team, didn't you? In that process? Well, uh, yes, on beach volleyball there's only two girls. Okay. Um so I worked with Nat and Carrie, the two players, uh Steve Anderson, the head uh skills coach or the head coach I would say. And then Phil Mortland, who was the uh, physical trainer, and we were known as the dream machine. <laughs> and, um, you know, the thing is that Steve was the same coach that took him to win bronze at Atlanta. He's actually an American as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of those things that when they first asked me, I said yes. Then they walked away to go talk to somebody else for a moment. I'm thinking, dude. What, what did you say? You have no idea how to do this. You know, you've never done it before. And I just said, hey, Kirk, look, man, all you got to know is a couple things. Number one is where you're starting. Number two is where do you want to go? And the third thing is, is what's the first step? Yeah. You know, you don't have to have this big elaborate plan because a lot of times it doesn't go to plan and rarely does it ever go to plan. So that's a waste of time. It's just what's the next step and then the next step and the next step. And through that process, you know, we actually won the gold medals and the cool part of this story, Colin, is that it was a sport that nobody really cared about because it was beach volleyball. It was kind of a frivolous sport in those days. Yeah. And uh, it once we got there and the momentum we created and the media the attention that we drew and all the rest of those things, it was rated as the most exciting event in the 2000 Olympics here in Australia. 
um, was the women's beach volleyball finals. Wow. And the whole country literally stopped to watch it. I mean, uh, the prime minister actually approached me at a, an event afterwards and said that they stopped parliament uh, wow. to watch the game. And I, I'm thinking, well, that's kind of inappropriate. But anyways, <laughs> um, it, yeah, and it really was. And, and now the girls are Hall of Famers. Um, Australian Order of Merit. They have postage stamps with their pictures on it. They have uh, best-selling authors. They still, to this day, are legends in Australia. And it's 17 years since the 2000 Olympics, and you know they still get paid for the personal appearances and all those things. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing, and it's probably uh, a great story to be able to work with such high-level athletes like that. And I know that you were sort of employed, so to speak, to help them with the coaching. But I was wondering. They probably taught you a lot um, about yourself in that process as well. Well, you know, everybody teaches me something, you know, because yeah. everybody has a gift, Colin, you know. And the thing is that if, you're, if your mind is I'm the teacher and I'm here to, to preach to everybody else, well, that's not really much of a teacher. The best teachers or experts, I guess, in, the, in life are the ones who are ongoing students. And so, you know, I, I look for the gift in everybody. And the funny thing is when you look for it, you find it. It's actually yeah. biblical, you know, seek and out you'll find is <laughs> that, you know, I, I just have my eyes open. And, you know, even I even go to speakers, presentations and workshops. And some of them, the speakers are quite poor at their skill set for speaking. But that doesn't shut my mind down to what I can get out of the program. Or some I've been to some programs where I actually personally don't like the speaker but that doesn't mean I won't. I'm not willing to learn from them because I can see they're experts in what they're teaching. I might not personally approve of the person, but I can separate the teacher from the teachings. Interesting. Very interesting. It sounds like that's been a big part of of your life, is you know people around you learning. And I'm interested to know, sort of at that time of transition, where you had mentioned that you were homeless in two countries. So at that time, you're probably like, what am I going to do? I was wondering what sort of daily behaviors you had and what you implemented in order to teach you that, that new skill and, and become this you know, speaker and author and amazing person that you are now. Well, thank you. I, you know, the funny thing is I was already speaking. I was already doing all kinds of stuff before that. Yep. And it just, um, you know, I've even had a bigger tragedy than that in my life. And, you know, I'll share that with you in a moment. But what happened was, is finally when I, I was able to rent a room from a woman who had an apartment here in, in Brisbane, Australia, um, it was costing me like $60 a week. So you can imagine, you know, the level of place yeah. that I'm um, living at. But it was just a room and it was tiny. Uh, I have a bathroom in my house now that's bigger than that room. <laughs> and I had a I had a very large desk and a, and a single like a military cot in there, you know, I mean, yeah. it was just a small bed. And when I was asked by somebody, you know, why do you have such a big desk and a small bed? I said, well, I only spend four hours a day in the bed, but that desk is my business and it's going to get me out of here. Mm. Um, and all around me, I just wrote on pieces of colored paper, um, inspirational sayings and things to keep me on board because the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your communication. And so, you know, I, and by the way, thinking is you communicating with yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, just to have that consistent communication surrounding me that it filled my mind because 
Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, said that the dormant mind is the devil's workshop. So if you're not actively putting in your mind that's going to take you forward, the garbage will seep in there and it will create havoc and chaos in your life. And so, you know, I just surrounded myself with it. And then every morning, still to this day, you know, I, I'd get up, I read my goals every day, I have some affirmations that I do every day, I do some meditation, I do some exercise. And when people tell me, well, Kirk, you know, I don't have a life like you. You know, I'm, I got kids and I got a business and I got other stuff. I don't have time for that. Well, that's kind of like saying, you know, I'm so busy flying my plane, I don't have time to put fuel in it. Yeah. Well, your so plane true. crashes and so does your life. And so, you know, that's priority one for me is to exercise what I call your four main muscle groups, which is physical, obviously, mental, emotional, and spiritual you got to work those every day because if you don't use it, you lose it. And it's the key distinction, Colin, between successful people and the masses, you know. By the way, the masses are also using the most consumed drug on the planet known as antidepressants. Yep. Um, and so if you want to separate yourself from that group and get rewards that most people don't get in life, the key distinction is to manage how you think and feel differently than how they are. And even probably how you were yourself at one time, mm -hmm. because everybody goes through the same stuff. You know, we all go through hard times and we go through economic challenges and we have death and whatever, you know, it happens. But it's now what do you do with it? And if you don't manage how you think and feel, well, you become a victim to it because it's going to dictate what you do. Absolutely. I think that's such a powerful message. And I had uh, you know, one, one person I had on here, his name was Rod Cleef, and he mentioned something similar to what you said. And one thing I took from it is he said that people spend more time planning their, their grocery list than they do their lives. Yeah, and it's exactly, or they want to. Yeah, exactly they want to tell said. you their life story. Exactly, but there's no life in their story. It's just story. Absolutely, and I like what you said about having. You have to work on yourself first and foremost, and when you work on yourself, then those things that you want will start coming to fruition more and more. You know, Colin, it's the best investment you can ever make. That's going to create the biggest returns is personal development, mm -hmm. working on yourself. Um, you know, when I was homeless, uh, living in my car in Los Angeles, by the way, being homeless here wasn't the first time. I've been homeless many times. Really? Uh, and, uh, you know, I created a friendship with a gentleman that you may know who he is. His name is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Uh, since the 1980s, because his best friend, who they were roommates in college, still to this day, their best friends. Matter of fact, is, and his name's John Herzfeld. He just finished directing Sly in a movie literally this week. Really? And um, John be became my mentor, my Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid when I was 18 years old. And he introduced me to Sly. And Sly would have me up at his house for Christmas and parties and all that stuff. And people would say, why do you got Keurig up here? I mean, the guy's a loser. I mean, he's homeless or he's broke or whatever, you know. And I'd be like, I'm standing right here. I can actually hear you. <laughs> yeah. And then. They're like, wow. I don't care. You're a loser, man. And Sly says, you got no idea who this kid is. Man, in his head, he already is a success. It's just a matter of time in which his results will catch up with his mindset. Yes. And, you know, the funny thing, Colin, is anybody who's ever succeeded in life, it's always started as a visionary thought. You know, that in our head, we hold that thought so consistently of who we're going to be and what we're going to create 
and that stuff that you can't convince us that we're not because we put it in there so consistently that we buy into it and we believe it. And all that time that I've been homeless, though, you know, the library in those days was my favorite place to hang out because first it was air conditioned and you could sit there and you could actually fall asleep with a book in your lap, you know, and have some safety um, there at a drinking fountain and all this stuff. But, man, those books, I couldn't afford to buy them and they let me borrow them for free. And, man, that was I go, my only way out of this is to develop myself because in order for things to change, I got to change. Yeah. The world's not going to change. I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I would find a way to buy that book, not from the library, obviously, but I'd find a way to buy the book because I wanted to highlight in it, write in the margins. And, you know, still to this day, even from my homeless days, I, I have a library and a lot of those books that I bought back then are still in my library with those original markings in them. Wow. Wow. And I know you had mentioned, you know, obviously you've been through a lot. And if you don't mind sharing that story of, say, the biggest personal struggle that you've had to overcome, whether it be your your homeless or another story, if you could share with uh, us that story and how you were able to overcome that. Sure. It was uh, 1989. I was uh, just finished the movie Lockup with Sylvester Sloan. Yeah. And now I'm on my way to the Philippines to go do a movie called Delta Force 2 with Chuck Norris. Okay. Now, I got to tell you, when you're 27 years old, Colin, and you're a young man, you know, and you get to work with two of the big action is, you know, big action stars of the world and Sly and Chuck, you know, I mean, like I'm on top of the world. Plus, they dress me up like a commando. They give me a real live machine gun with blanks in it. And all day long, you're firing machine guns and throwing hand grenades. And I'm in a helicopter with the M60 and. And every time I get in the helicopter and it takes off during filming, I get paid an extra $400. Wow. So a lot of days we're doing 15 to 20 flights a day. I mean, I'm just, you know, for a guy who, you know, was making no money at one time to a guy who's getting money like that, it's keep, a whole different lifestyle. Keep putting flights, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying fly me, fly me to lunch. <laughs> and, um, and so it was a Friday. I had already done about 15 or 20 flights that day, some very hairy stunts in the chopper. Um, hair raising. I mean, like, and uh, now we're on top of this palatial, these grounds, uh, this, this lawn of this palatial mansion that the Marcos family built as a summer home for themselves. And it's on the rim of an extinct volcano crater in a place called Tagatai City. And uh, it, you know, goes down like thousand feet to this lake down there. And there's a resort. And then on the other side, there's bluffs and mountains and jungles and monkeys. I mean, it's, amazing wow. you know chicago boy getting experience this and all we had to do for the scene is go up 15 feet shoot two lines of dialogue and then it's party time in manila because it's the weekend and you know you get to hang out with chuck norris and he'll buy you a beer and stuff wow. and you know and i could tell you the cool thing is about you know chuck he's such a nice guy that when, when he takes you out for a beer you almost pray that a bar fight will break out because you just want to <laughs> see this guy in action no kidding but um you know, so we go up about two feet in a chopper and it's hovering for a moment. And the cameraman shifts the camera where he's getting his shot. And he's trying to get his angle that he wants. And I realized I'm not being photographed. I asked him about it. He goes, nope, you're out of frame. I stepped out of the chopper. The other door gunner stepped out. Chopper goes up 15 feet, drifts out over the edge of the mountain. The engine has a mechanical malfunction and shuts off. And it nosedives over a thousand feet down the side of the mountain. And, wow. uh, I was the first person to reach the wreck and started pulling bodies out and vehicles are coming down to help out. And my best friend, Mike Graham, the key grip, uh, um, 
was 29 years old and I pulled him out when he was completely on fire. He was the chopper had burst into Jeez. flames and he died in my arms on the way to the hospital. And for the next, and I lost five of my friends that day. And for the next two and a half years, I had a 357 Smith and Wesson pistol in my mouth with every night and drugs up my nose and wow. drinking booze and cigarettes and you know, all that stuff. And I wasn't partying. I was just trying to kill myself. Yeah. And luckily, I'm not a success at everything in life. And so one day I just woke up and I realized that your life's not your own. Mm. You know, there's people who love you and look up to you and care about you. And, you know, they're not helping you up. You're dragging them down yes. because negative energy is a much heavier, denser energy than positive energy is. And, you know, as you know, you can have 15 scoops of sugar in your tea and it just makes sweet tea. But you can have one drop of poison and it will kill you. Yeah. So you see, it's much heavier and denser. <clears throat> and so I drew a line in the sand with a broom pole, with a broomstick, and said, once I step over this line, I'm done. And at that day, I gave up cocaine and cigarettes and alcohol abuse. I gave all my guns away. Not that just people wandering down the street, obviously. Yeah. But um, And, you know, that moment of decision is what changed my life. And people asked me about that. You know, they said... Um, How'd you do it? And I go, you know, you got to get to that place where you're done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done being fat. I'm done being poor. I'm done being broke. I'm just done. Because until you get there, you're complacent. You're accepting it. And since, and then after that, it's about being consistent to your decision where you got to stay with it every day, every day and work on yourself. And there's that personal development again. Yeah. And I brought myself not only back, but, you know, my life today is a, is a, testament to that decision-making process because you know you follow the line and it takes you to right where i am today is just staying with that and 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 the people i help these days who go through trauma you know they realize i'm the real deal i i didn't learn this in a book i learned this from real life experience yeah and i appreciate you sharing that story i mean I have no idea. I've never been in a situation like that, but the perseverance and obviously you had to go through a ton in order to, to overcome that or not necessarily mm. overcome that, but get through it to a point where, you know, you made a new decision to move on and, and start pursuing this new life of yours. And mm. it's just a real, uh, real inspiring story. Thank you. You know, and Colin, there's people who've got way worse stories than me Absolutely. you know i mean yep. I, i've worked with people who've lost their children or mm -hmm. you know i mean i can't imagine losing my kids I, you know that would i don't i don't know how you'd make it after that but the thing is that you know you, your life doesn't have to be in the toilet to make it better you know you don't have to go through a tragedy to make you know to turn it around and a lot of people go oh god it's guys like you life has had this big tragedy that now you're on stage and you're amazing and i'm like wait a minute a lot of people didn't make it you just didn't hear their stories because the gun went off or the drugs killed them or something. You know, they didn't make it and learn from other people's stories, you know, perceive your own life, you know, at the end of your life that you didn't make it, that you didn't follow your dreams, that you wound up, you know, ha unhappy and unhealthy and look at that and go, nah, I'm not going that route. Uh, I'm going to different. It's like Scrooge, you know, yeah. Scrooge, you know, was acting a certain way. And then all of a sudden he saw the ghost of the future and he, saw that life and he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that and changed his path. And you can do the same thing for yourself without having to go through the tragedy. I mean, don't, don't ask for stuff you don't want. Absolutely. And I know you had mentioned earlier on in, in this episode, um, you had sort of a Mr. Miyagi. Was it, was it John the name? 
Yes, John Herzfeld, H E R Z F E L D. Yeah, so he just finished directing uh, Sly in a movie called um, Escape Plan Three. Now two's not even out yet, I don't think. Okay. Uh, but they he just did three, and uh, yeah, so Sly's been all over Instagram and stuff with photos of him and John and videos and stuff. So it's great. It's great to see because they're the best of friends. That's amazing. And to see them working together, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of during that period when he was sort of around you and he was a big influence, what was one of the core messages that you've taken with you in, in throughout your journey? That's a great question, Colin. Oh, you're awesome at the interviewing thing. Oh, appreciate uh, it. <laughs> you know, John said to me, uh, first, he forced me to read Think and Grow Rich in 1980. Yeah. And he would call me up from the studios every day. What page are you on? And, you know, he, I mean, he, he, this guy really held me to a higher standard. Yet John always said to me, he said, you know, Kirk, everybody in life gets a shot, you know, at your success, at yeah. your, you know, your big change. He said, but um, your shot is not going to look like what you think it is. It's not going to be big and grandiose. It may be, you know, a person you bump into or something that happens that doesn't seem like it's your shot, but it turns into your shot. And so it's all going to come down to what do you do with your shot? And so you always have to be treating everything and everyone around you as if this is it. Yeah. And you got to, you know, you, you know, in my sensei, I study Aikido for the last uh, 10 years and okay. um, I'm just about to get my black belt. And oh, wow. my sensei always says is the way that you participate, the way that you practice is the way that you'll participate. And he says, you know, you need to be prepared for battle now, not when the battle starts. Yes. You know, that's a little too late to start training. And so it's, you know, as you see, you put those messages together and it's like, always, you know, always be working on yourself, always conduct yourself in a way in which everything's your shot. And it just doors start opening and things start happening, you know, and, and John, by the way, um, I met when I was working at a health club um, trying to, you know, uh, feed myself in 1980. Yeah. And he wanted me to train him and um, and then asked me to help him move. And then somebody had spray painted his wooden fence in front of his house with some uh, uh, anti-Semitic things. Now, John's, you know, of Jewish descent. Okay. Yeah. And it really panicked him. So for a month, from midnight, you know, till six in the morning, I sat out in my car in front of his house waiting for the person to come back wow. to catch him. Yeah. And that's how I really got to know John. But because of my enthusiasm and he saw this spirit in me, that's when he took me under his wing and started raising me, so to speak. And for the next 13 years, I was his assistant. I've done like eight or nine movies with John. Wow. He introduced me to John Travolta, who I became great friends with, um, and the rest of those things. And um, you know, he gave me my first movie, which was Two of a Kind with John Travolta and Libby Newton-John. Um, yeah, so it's, as you see, it... it, it it is the truth that, you know, you got to treat everything in life like it's your shot. And the funny thing is you'll be prepared for it and, and doors will open. I love that. I think that's such a powerful message there. And, you know, anyone who's out there listening, take that in because this is something, uh, this episode you can take a lot from. And this question, I, I'm super excited to ask you because you've been through a lot. You've had so many experiences, ups and downs. And I always ask if you could go back in time you know, you can pick the age, go back in time, say a young Keurig, if you could offer a young Keurig one piece of advice, what would that be and why? It would be 
Cohen is to be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, Buddha said there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. Mm. It's not something you achieve. It's a decision you make. And, you know, just be happy because that is the purpose of life. It's to just enjoy this life because if you do that at the end of your life, you won. If you're not, you got to do it all over again, but you're going to step in all the same piles of poo and you're going to go through all the same stuff you're going to go through. Um, and it's that's true mastery. And if it takes you back to what I said earlier, it's about, ma you know, really managing how you think and feel. So a number of years ago, I was in Singapore and I sold out the indoor stadium um, for one of my programs. And then the promoters literally stopped payment of the checks when I was on the plane flying home. Really? And, you know, they ripped me off for $250,000. Wow. And people said, but you're not even upset. And I said, you might get my money, but you don't get my happiness. Mm. Those things aren't connected. And that's just something I've learned through life is that, you know, um, when you're happy, it's easy to go back and achieve things, you know, because yeah. first you're just in that energy. But if you're going to um, let it affect your emotions, it's really hard to come back. And the ultimate goal for everything is happiness. I mean, why do you want the money or the car or the relationship? Well, you think it's going to make you happy. It's not. The thing is, if you're happy, you'll get the house, you'll get the car, you'll get the relationship. Um, it's the energy that attracts it all. And happiness is the way. That's amazing. Now, Kirik, what is the best way for our audience to connect with you, learn more, get to know more about who you are? Oh, thanks for that, Colin. Is, uh, you know, easy is KirikAshley.com. K-U-R-E-K-A-S-H-L-E-Y.com. Awesome. Um, on there, there's a free 10-day course called Get Out of Your Bad Mood, which is about how do you manage how you think and feel. It's a real course when you read the comments on it. By far the most heartfelt, uh, wonderful comments I've ever read on a program, and awesome. I'm really honored by that. It's completely free, and it's, you know, but you'll see there's videos and blogs and all that stuff. You know, it's always about helping people. Um, if you write me, my email is curic at curicashley.com. If you write, I actually write back, you know, um, but I don't have ESP. So if you need help, I, I can't <laughs> guess that one. Fair enough. Um, and then Facebook and, you know, those things, I'm always available. Fantastic. I will share all those links. Go visit curicashley.com. Take advantage of that course. I can tell you I've uh, been on his website. I've looked a whole bunch of his stuff. What an amazing, inspiring person. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show again here today, Kirik. My pleasure. Thanks. And any anytime you need me, I'd be honored. And, you know, Colin, if you send me uh, your postal address and a private message, um, I'd be honored to send you a copy of my book and have you read it. That's fantastic. I will definitely take advantage of that. And as you can see, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, happiness. Everyone has to overcome obstacles everyone has a story. Start building yours today. We had the chance again to talk to Kirik Ashley. Kirik, again, it was an honor to have you come on the show. Oh, you're a legend, Colin, and uh, <laughs> congratulations on your show. And I, I can tell you just from how you're running it, it's going to be a major success. I appreciate that very much. And until next time, everyone, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember, keep on grinding. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart.